Hello, everybody. Oh, a little voice crack to start the show. That's always a good sign. <laughs> it's been a long day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Media Boat Podcasts. Podcasts. Wow. Podcast special March Madness 2022 presentation. This is episode one of a five episode all March long tradition, Media Boat Podcast tradition that we um, unfortunately weren't able to do for the last two years. Well, we're back. It's March again, and we're mad. We're mad for brackets. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. This is our Ma- March Madness tournament-style bracket yes. that we have going for about four years there until yeah. COVID hit. So we're bringing it back with a vengeance. So, yes, if you are a longtime listener to us, you'll know in the past... We've done brackets such as the animated Disney canon bracket, where we chose one animated Disney film to be the best of all of them. Uh, Results, you know, maybe that we don't necessarily stand by anymore, but it was an interesting and fun battle nonetheless. We did a Pixar rank one year as well. And we did, what was the other ones we did? We did, uh, we did uh, video game franchises. Right, video game franchises. I still stand by that winner. Yes, Tetris is the winner. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you're saying there's a fourth, was there a fourth? I remember those three. Uh, we did one for TV franchises, which we started but never finished. Right, we started and did not finish that back in March of 2020 before all this madness started. Yes. Uh, but now here we are in 2022, still recording these remotely though, but that may or may not change for the rest of these. Who knows? Anything could happen. Uh, but yeah, um, we're dis- we decided to revisit in a way a topic, but in a new light this year. Uh, if you've been following the news and, uh, and or our podcast, as we've been reporting this as well, Disney songs are in the zeitgeist more than ever before, you could argue, thanks to the success of Encanto's, Encanto being their film that was released late last year, late 2021, success in the Billboard charts with an unexpected single that wasn't even supposed to be a single. Out of all the Lin-Manuel Miranda pinned songs of the score, one that hit the hardest was We Don't Talk About Bruno which has had an incredible rise to the top. It is now your number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States for four weeks straight. The album has catapulted to the top of the albums chart as well because of this. It has become extremely popular on TikTok and other social media. It's a phenomenon. Keep in mind, this is the first time that a Disney song has hit number one on the Hot 100 since 1992 with Aladdin. Of course, um, with, with um, what's that shit? Why am I blanking on the name of the song? Uh, a whole new world. A whole new world. Yes, was the last time this happened. So yeah, we decided to. Uh, this would be the perfect time to talk about the music of the Disney animated musical. So what we've done as kind of to prepare ourselves for this discussion, we've made a list of every. Disney animated musical that is in the official animated Walt Disney Studios canon. So this does not include releases from Disney Tune. And is exclusively a musical film. So this is not 
include non-diegetic music that happens during a film. I'm looking at you, Tarzan. And also, also, just as we did for our Disney um, animated film uh, bracket way back when, we have decided to uh, not include the package films during World War II. So that has left us with how many total are we looking at here? Let's see, 12 and 12, 24, and then 7, 7, 14. Yep, we will have 12 films to choose from between the 1920s and the 1970s, seven films between the 1970s and 1989, 12 films between 1989 and 2009, yes. and seven films between 2010 and 2022. So just as we did with the other bracket, we have divided these into four sections that are roughly uh, represent different eras in the Disney canon. The first is essentially your golden age. This is up until Walt's death um, and a little beyond it. Uh, basically, these are your classic Disney films that everybody thinks of when you think of the classics. The second is kind of what you would call the Disney dark ages, the 70s and 80s, when the movies were not doing as well. Uh, there were fewer and further between uh, when, it talk, when you talk about successes. And also the music may be uh, not as good as some of the other eras here. Then you have the Disney Renaissance era, 1989 to 2009. We're being a little generous because we, we need to get basically up to the brink of the CG period. Because that will be our fourth section, which is pretty much just the CG era for, till, to uh, current day. With all of that explanation out of the way yes let's get ready to bracket so oh, this first episode of the five will be a bracket creation episode where we have gathered all these films together we are uh, written down all of the songs that we believe count as options for this for each song we are going to make sure that we only have one song one entrant per movie so that means out of the entire score, we can only choose one per movie. Then after we've done that round, we will then make four songs. Only four songs per era will make the cut to get to the final bracket, which will bring us to a 16-song bracket. So without further ado, let's get started and listing the songs that came out in order of release, starting with... Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, so uh, of course, Snow, Snow White, notable for being the first of the Disney musicals, uh, first of the animated canon as well. Um, and definitely uh, maybe suffers a little bit because of its age. We're talking about ancient shit here. However, it is an important score um, in, in the way that it's, uh, in the way that the legacy is kind of lasted and you hear these songs all over, say, Fantasyland and the parks. And they're often uh, referenced in other film, Disney films, especially Someday My Prince Will Come. So go, uh, go ahead and read the songs here from Snow so White. We've uh, parsed out four different songs. Well, technically it's five, but we're combining one, which <laughs> is the Wishing Well song and one song yeah. uh, from the prince he sings right in the beginning. Right. Uh, Whistle While You Work. Yeah. Hi-ho, and someday my prince will come. So, uh, hmm. 
like I said, not the strongest of movies, not the strongest. It doesn't have to be strong. Right. It just has to be the one we feel either best presents represents the film or best represents going further in the brackets. All right. So what are your what are your initial thoughts? Which one uh, shouts out to you first? Um, Whistle While You Work shouts out to me in the leading fleet that is a song. Okay. Because it's more of a ditty than it is a song. <laughs> it is true. Um, I think in order to compete in this bracket, I'm going to say that a couple of things that I think I'm specifically looking for is one, legacy. Is it memorable? And do Disney themselves seem proud of it? And then the second part is, of course, the quality of the song. Is it good? Is it catchy? And does it actually advance the plot? To me, a good song in a musical does something to move the story ahead. It's one of the things that Howard Ashman preached when they hired him for uh, Beauty and the Beast. Like, it was very important that the story is moved forward with the songs that are discussed. So I think my problem that I would have for Whistle While You Work is that second part. Like, I think that, yeah, it's it, there's a legacy to it. It's, a, it's, it's a, like a good, like, um, proto version of the we're establishing what these characters do in this world song. It's a good, like, here, here's, here's exactly what yeah, the... But the, the like, problem is that it's only Snow White singing in it. Right. It doesn't have the other half of the main title, The Seven Dwarfs. There's that, yeah. But also, like... It doesn't really do much with the story beyond that. It's just very much like, this is what Snow White does. My thought is, the one that shouts at me is, of course, Someday My Prince Will Come, because it is the want song. And it is an early, early prototype of what that would eventually become. Like a lot of people would think, oh, doesn't that start with Little Mermaid? And I would argue that this is kind of an early version of that. It gives you an idea Yes, is it you know super yes, modern? But and is it a no, want, but is it as much of a want song as the first song of the film, which is yes. the want song, I'm wishing and one song, where you have both your both Snow White and the Prince singing their want songs <laughs> together in a duet. You know what? You're right. I guess they do kind of do this twice. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's a stronger song though, compared because as you mentioned before we recorded, uh, the, the wishing song is really kind of short. It uh, is short. And, and he has one song, and he likes to tell you that he has only one song in this movie. And it's just, it, it's a brief moment, and it's not really very memorable. I didn't even remember that shit happened until I, I, I saw the movie again as an adult. Meanwhile, Disney loves Someday My Prince Will Come. It is a classic in the Disney canon. It is all over the parks. It is one of those that's also referenced in other films. Of course, everybody likes telling the joke about like, it's what you say at the one hour photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Not on this list, but I'll throw it in there. Uh, The wash up song. It is in the film. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not memorable. So I think the other eligible thing is, is we haven't talked about hi-ho yet. Yes. So those are the, I think that's the two we can bring it down to is Hi Ho and Someday My Prince Will Come. Yeah, I think so. Because Hi Ho is memorable and catchy as shit. Oh yeah, that's the thing is it has the advantage when coming when it comes to being super catchy. It is the and you can and the other thing is is that 
It is super sing-alongable. It is super accessible for kids. And you see the visuals in your head while the song is playing, which is key for something that's as visual as an animated film. Like you can see all those, um, all those characters. Oh, it's in the name, I guess. All those dwarves. That's the characters' names. They are dwarves. Um, they are those, the seven dwarves. There's seven of them specifically uh, working in the mines. You can see those shot of, of Dopey with diamonds in his eyes. Like you, there's specific visuals that you can associate with the song. And I think that maybe even puts it in a little bit of advantage over Someday My Prince Will Come. It also has the legacy. And also it's like very, like it's a good establishing, like, again, doesn't move the plot forward. No, not really. But, okay. Now, is Hi-Ho a song or a ditty? Because <laughs> I feel it ranges more in it being a ditty because it's, a course on repeat. Are there any verses in Hi Ho? No, not really. <laughs> You've got a point there. Someday my prince will come is interesting because it is kind of this back and forth between chorus and verse thing, where it's not really much beyond that. I mean, yeah, there's some simple songs, is the thing. And it's yes. really hard to it's hard to rate them in a modern context as the context was different back then. So I feel like my feeling right now is, this is tough. I think Someday My Prince Will Come has the legacy to it. It it evokes the character of Snow White. It evokes that entire movie. I think Hi-Ho is fun and it's catchy, but ultimately I'm not sure it's strong enough to fight other songs in this bracket. And maybe that's why it might lose to, for me. So Hi-Ho actually does have an opening verse when they're in the mines and they're going dig, dig, diggity, dig. Oh. That's actually when the song begins. Right, yes. You're right. That is part of that song. I don't know if that helps its case, though. No, no. I, was gonna say, I just <laughs> want to set the record straight. It's <laughs> fair. It's fair. But yeah, I, I'm feeling Whereas like Someday that. My Prince Will Come is just that. Someday My Prince Will Come. Someday We'll Meet Again. I think an easy shorthand we can use here is what is the song you can you think of when you think of this movie? And I well, think if I'm looking at shirts when I walk around Disneyland, it's high hope. But. I know, but if it's <laughs> if it's me just going off of what I think of when I think of Snow White, it's Someday My Prince Will Come. I think you're right. Okay. So, I think we have one. We have one, one done. Let's go to the next film in yes. the Disney catalog, Pinocchio. Yes, Pinocchio. Pinocchio has also has a lot of problems. I recently rewatched this. Yeah, it's uh, maybe some iffy stuff going uh, going on to be in these days. That being said, of this era of the pre like the well, right before the war, like in 1940, I think. Um, you're looking at like what pe- most people point at as the first like masterpiece. Like Snow White, of course, has the reputation of being the first, but Pinocchio is the one people usually point at as being like, nah, but this is where they got shit together. And that even shows in the music. You have a little bit of a step forward when it comes to the score here. More memorable songs that are more character based and tell you more about the people who sing them. Um, so you want to list off what we have here? Yep. 
we have When You Wish Upon a Star. Give a little whistle. I've got no strings on. I've got no strings on me. Yes. And <laughs> uh, the quote unquote villain song. Yes. Hi, doodly D. So, same same format. What are your first thoughts? What shouts at you first? Uh, give a little whistle and hi, doodly D. Very repetitive <laughs> and also more like little ditties compared to the other two. Sure, yes. So, that brings Pinocchio down to arguably the two songs that kind of make the film right. When You Wish Upon a Star and I've Got No Strings. What, what, what do you think between the two of those? So, When You Wish Upon a Star almost does not cut it. And I say almost doesn't cut it because it is very non-diegetic up until the last chorus because it opens with When You Wish Upon a Star. And it's going through the credits and the book and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's non-diegetic until it comes to the very last section when you have Jiminy Cricket singing at the very end. So by our rules, does that count? Real briefly, we should tell the audience what we're talking about uh, since I didn't mention this at the top. So when we say diegetic, uh, basically what that means, in case you don't know, um, what that means is, does it happen in the world of the film? In our specific context for this bracket, We want a character from the movie to sing this song in order for it to count. If, say, like Tarzan, Phil Collins comes out from nowhere and starts singing at you, but it's not through a character's voice, we don't think that counts. So what you're basically saying is, is that since the bulk of this song is not sung by a character, does it count? I would argue that even though at the end it's finally revealed that Jimmy Cricket is singing, we can assume that he was singing the whole time. It's just for our purposes we were given an embellished version um but what what, so what about so there's that what about i've got no strings well you as i said with the title like you kind of want to finish the lyrics with (laughs) i've got no strings on me yes it's very reminiscent of if you put pinocchio in a song it's I've got no strings. Oh yeah, because it's about a puppet who has no strings. Right. It's almost the opposite of one song. It's I got what I want song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think okay. So where I'm kind of between these two songs, I honestly think this is a given, and I'll tell you why. I think this is very easy. But I know what you're going to say. To humor, but go you, ahead and say it. To humor you, what I will say. Is I think I've got no strings is a very strong choice. I think you're right. I think when you think of the song of the, the character Pinocchio, it is the first thing you think of is him dancing to this song. It's also got a legacy to it. It's got an indelible impression on pop culture and will forever. Like when you talk, like in sync, literally named uh, their album and song No Strings Attached. Like it's got it, it's the it's a good visual that you can tie to. It's like this was a puppet. He doesn't want to be a puppet, he wants to be a real boy. And, Even uh, Marvel used the lyrics in Age of Ultron. <laughs> yes. So, yes, it's it's very evocative of the movie. However, I think that if we do not choose when you wish upon a star, we are wrong. And here's why. 
It is not only the song you think of when you think of Pinocchio. It is also the song that you think of when you think of the Disney Corporation. It is not just a mission statement for what the message of this film is, is that if you wish your dreams can come true, they made that the mission statement of Disney as a whole. Like that is the, the like that is what Disney films are supposed to be. They are supposed to be magic. Stories about dreams coming true. Stories about things beyond your control, getting better because of the sheer will of the world to, to like, to grant your, your greatest wish. Like it is that magic triumphs all. It is that goodness is best. It is everything that Disney wants to stand for. It is the reason why they become an enormous family brand and always will be in probably our lifetimes at least. I think that there is no way we can give it to a song that is not when you wish upon a star. That is my take. Um, yeah, this specific movie in the context of the movie, yeah, I've got no strings is probably better. That being said, also, it's a killer song. It's catchy too. Like the way that there's very few songs that elicit that kind of feeling of magic than those notes. Da, 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 da. Just that, 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 that little flat note there in the end is just like such a good feeling when it hits. It's why they use it to accompany their logo. So I don't know. I don't, I, I just can't, I, I don't understand why wow, it could not be it. Because Pinocchio, the movie <laughs> hinges on that opening song. I'm sorry, not the opening song. The I've got no strings song. When you wish upon a star, literally could be thrown anywhere else. Not really. Eh, I not like really. it at the top. I like it at the top because it's, it tells you that this is what Jiminy Cricket believes. This is tells you that, no, he's like, yes, but what if this did happen? Like, he's trying to tell Pinocchio what, that there's a chance, basically, to give him hope. Hope in, like, at the time was not a very hopeful time. Like, there was war overseas. It would soon be roped into. Like, there was a lot of feeling in, that we had just gone through the Depression. People wanted hope. People wanted like a reason to keep going. They wanted their wishes granted. Wow, all of this is sounding really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, so yeah, I, I think this is this is a strong choice. It, it might even be strong enough to really be kick some butt on this bracket. So I think it has to be that. It has the legacy behind it. It has the yeah. Disney Corporation behind yes. it. It sure does. All right. So, Pinocchio, when you wish upon a star. Done. Done. Uh, Moving on to the third film, Dumbo. And yes, Dumbo does have two songs in it. Yeah. Uh, Baby Mine, The Lullaby, and When I See an Elephant Fly. Yeah. So... We unfortunately had to cut some songs here uh, because they are non-diegetic. Also notable, Dumbo is a super short movie. It is like 40-something minutes. So uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of time. It's like 70 or 80. It's like just over 60 minutes. I think it's 62 minutes. I, yeah, it's I, the I mean, shortest film in the Disney catalog. I guess it feels more like 40, but yeah, you're probably right. It's like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so needless to say, not a whole lot of time for them to do a lot of songs. So it's not that much of a musical. Um, so what are what are your first thoughts about these two? 
my first thought is that when they did the remake for Dumbo, there's only one song of these that they used in the trailer. Uh-huh. And that's Baby Mine. Yeah. However, when I see an elephant fly as um, characterish uh-huh. as that song is. Uh-huh. It's got baggage. It's got baggage. <laughs> but it also is what that movie is, is seeing an elephant fly. I mean, yeah, but... Um... but the baggage yeah but it's got a lot of baggage plus is it that is all that catchy and memorable no i couldn't sing it to you right now and i think that it yeah it maybe made more of an impact then than it does now for a lot of reasons however baby mine is the opposite so here's my example of why i think it's the winner here um when there's conversations you see this a lot on like message boards and on twitter and stuff whenever i have conversations about Oh, whenever I see this Disney movie, it makes me cry. Typically talking about more modern stuff, like, you know, the, of course, Toy Story 3 has a reputation. The beginning of Up has a reputation. A lot of Pixar stuff, but even Disney stuff uh, to a certain extent, like, oh, when Scar dies in The Lion King, I, every time, I cry every time. It's like, in Mufasa. That, yeah, whenever that. Everyone cheers when, when Scar dies. Everyone cries when <laughs> Mufasa dies. Sorry, yes, sorry, my bad. Mufasa. Um, so there's always two, yeah there's always two examples though people that are like older always bring into the fight they're always like yeah but back in my day it was this of course the cliche one that was done to death was when bambi's mom dies yes it was so sad when they stopped drawing the deer <laughs> yeah but then that's the thing is it got repeated so often that it got kind of buried like everybody was like yeah duh of course but the thing that replaced it now, the thing I see re- re- repeated over and over again, is this scene, is Baby of Mine. Everybody says it's the saddest thing Disney has ever committed to ink. And I think they're onto something because every time I see it, it works on me too. It is so sad. It is so touching. It is the image that people think of when they think of Dumbo. Is it really important story-wise? Probably not as much. I think it establishes the emotional core of the film. It establishes the relationship between Dumbo and his mother. And it establishes the stakes, right? So I think that it does that much. But is it super important? No. But the sheer emotional weight of it has lasted decades. It has lasted so long because of just how pure that moment is. And the fact that it can speak to your 80-year-old grandmother and your five-year-old kid says a lot. Now, are you saying this because of the other song, What I See It Off and Fly, <laughs> is a song of its time? I think, yeah, it's certainly more of a song of its time. I think both are, really, when you think about it. But I think you're, you're right in which it is more stylistic it is more of a stylistic parody of something that was popular then and is not at all popular now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think he definitely has an advantage because of that. Um, so, yeah, I think this is Baby Mine. It's got, it checks the boxes for me. It's got the legacy and it's a better song. It's more memorable. So I think it, it wins in both categories to me.
I mean, I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. So the next film in the Disney animated catalog is Bambi. <sighs> yeah. But here's our caveat. Yeah. Coming to kick us in the butt. Normally, you would say "Little April Showers." Of course, yeah. that's the great Bambi song. Yeah. But then comes down to our rules that we set arbitrarily. Who sings Little April Showers? And the answer is no one. And that's the thing about this movie. It is ostensibly a musical. However, none of the characters sing. So the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I think it's okay. I think we can let Bambi go. It will get, can get its due in other kinds of brackets. It gets its due in animation, of course. It gets its due in storytelling. It gets its due in importance in Disney showing that they could do more than just like fairy tales. They could tell a realistic original story. It, can, it gets its due in emotional weight, as you just mentioned with yeah. uh, Bambi's mother. So I think I'm okay overall, especially since we have to get this down to four of these. I think it's okay to leave Bambi alone here. I don't think we need to worry about it. I think it's okay. We can mention it. That we, and here, this was the time that it gets mentioned. And then we can say, sorry, not really counts as a musical. All right. Universe musical. We mentioned Bambi. Yes, we did it. All right. Let's get to our second Disney princess on yes. this list. Cinderella. Yes. Or if you want to do it, the working song, Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> I think this is going to be an extremely hard one. I think this is the first really hard one we're going to see. Cinderella, you know, comes out in 1950. It is the comeback film of sorts for Walt Disney Studios. They're done with package films. The war has been over for a couple years. It is time to show off what animation can be in back in the tradition of Snow White and Cinderella is the movie they do it. The other thing that's happened by the time you get to 1950 is the musical has changed. This is, a, you may be thinking, why am I going off a tangent about musical history? But trust me, this matters. So there's a musical that comes out in the late 40s that changes the way that musicals are written and it's called Oklahoma. Rodgers and Hammerstein come in, redo the way that the movie, well, for the musical on stage, and thus, in turn, the movie musical is made. And that directly affects Disney and is why Cinderella sounds like the way that Cinderella does. So I think the score in Cinderella is running on all cylinders. I think this is Disney figuring it out and, like, making every song better than the last. I don't know how we're going to choose between these. All right, rattle them off. All right, we have A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Hmm. Oh, Sing Sweet Nightingale, the work song, uh, the ending song, So This is Love, and the fairy godmother song, Bippity Boppity Boo. All right, what are your first first thoughts here? I don't think Oh, Sing Sweet Nightingale gets the credit that's due. It's the want song. (laughs) It's the lo- it's part lullaby, part want, and the animation in it uh, with the bubbles and the cleaning is yeah. the first time you see anything like that put on uh, animated film. It's also a good encapsulation of the relationship that Cinderella has with the family, with mm-hmm. the, with the with the stepmother and the stepmother's kids. Um, and yeah, uh, that being well, I'll get to what I have to say, but continue. <laughs> um, that being said. 
I opened this specifically with saying Cinderella because the work song yes. by the mice is a catchy ass tune. Yes. Cinderella, Cinderella, gotta do it. Cinderella, make the monster, make the monster. <laughs> they always keep her coming. Exactly. Yes, it just goes. <laughs> and it's in that like high pitched mouse yeah. voice that makes it stick in your head and now i'm sure it is stuck in a lot of people's head who were listening to this yes so it's catchy it's got that going for it it says cinderella or cinderelli in the song multiple times so you know the song itself is from cinderella (laughs) nowhere else can that be mistaken And so much animation running around through the house, through the cracks, making a dress. There's stuff that happens. It actually moves the plot forward. It's, it's not true. a showstopper number for the sake of having another song. It actually has purpose in getting the dress made for Cinderella. Yeah. But does it hold up to the other two songs that I haven't <laughs> mentioned? <laughs> uh-huh. This is, this is where it gets hard between these last three for me. All right, so let's talk about arguably the two heavy hitters on here. Bibbity boppity boo. Hmm. Is this a song? Is this a catchphrase or is this a ditty? <laughs> Why not all of the above is what I say. Because it's, it's catchy. You see it everywhere. If you say bippity boppity boo, you know it's regarding fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. But is it indicative of Cinderella? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the lyrics are very simple, they're also very catchy, it's also very repetitive. Salagadoo, metricapoo, bippity boppity boo. <laughs> Put it together, and what have you got? A way to sell merchandise on your hands for <laughs> the next like hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyway, there's a couple more songs you haven't listed. Uh, you mean the the main one? A dream is a wish your heart makes. Yeah. All right, so go ahead. Let's talk about A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. This is the Wan song. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, it also is kind of the light motif through the rest of the film. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is all throughout the song. It's woven into a lot of the other... Um, sounds and scores and themes throughout the music it's where it starts where it ends right yeah does that make it our song well you're missing one which one am i missing uh, we haven't talked about so this is love oh yeah yeah so yeah i I guess uh this is where i'll start i think this is an interesting song on this score because it is out of all of them the most contemporary and what I mean by that, contemporary for 1950, it kind of sticks out in a way because of how like modern it sounds. 
And it definitely sounds out of place with the rest of the more like fairy tale adjacent songs here. And so as much as I want to be like, oh yeah, then it should win because it seems like it's very like of the time. They could have put it on the radio. That being said, it's just a love song and a movie with a lot more personality otherwise. So I think that where where I kind of land is with A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes because of the reasons we talked about just a moment ago. It is the, the recurring theme throughout the movie. It establishes what Cinderella wants. It establishes her the way she frames the world too. It also, in a way, is kind of a sequel song to When You Wish Upon a Star because it's Disney again reiterating that they believe in dreams and wishes being coming, coming true. But it also reframes it as in like, but also you have the power. It is in your power to dream big, basically. It is, the song is telling you your heart can like basically make this happen for you. It's almost like a prototype version of the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, if you dream about it, hey, it might happen. Like you just got to plant the seed. It's all, it's like you, it starts with you, dude. Start dreaming big. And that's what Cinderella does. And it works out for her. She dreams big and she gets what she wants. She gets an escape, uh, if you will, from her terrible toiling life under the under the thumb of her stepmother. Yes, is it again just like just like um, uh, just like uh, uh, Snow White for it? Uh, is it the most uh, feminist uh, message here? No, the escape happens to be oh, a dude will marry me. That being said. <laughs> It is also kind of, like I said, like a sequel song or like a doubling down on that Disney mission statement of dreams and wishes matter and they then someday they will come true. Um, as for the other songs, just real quick, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying about I was saying Sweet Nightingale, but it's hard to not associate it with the, the just having to like to, to um, bear through the stepsister singing when they're singing it's just like a, i don't want to hear that and and i get what you're saying about bibbity bobbity boo as well because it's catchy and it is also just in the same in a similar way as to hi ho there's visuals that you can associate in your mind of what's happening during that song it's very visual it's very much like i can see the yes the and that's what makes it the, the hit yeah, That's what it, makes it so catchy. That's what makes you put it on a shirt. Right, yes. And I also, and I think I think for me, the, that's a, you made an extremely strong argument for the work song as well. It's memorable, it's catchy, and you're right. It is the story happening in front of you. It is a visual and audio interpretation of the thing that needs to happen to continue. It's, 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 and it's the focal point for the mice. The mice get the star in the movie for that song, and it's very fun because of it. But I still, I think I'm going to land on a dream that is a wish your heart makes, not only because of what I said about it kind of being like the continued mission statement of Disney, but also just straight up, when I think of Cinderella, I think of this song. It is the legacy song for Cinderella as the character and Cinderella the movie. Okay. Um, There's only one thing wrong with a dream is a wish your heart makes. Okay. And that is who is singing it. Okay. That is my question to you. Cinderella is singing, is singing it? it, right? When is she? No, because she doesn't. Because <laughs> a dream is a wish your heart. Wait, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of so this is love. Yeah. So this is love. Um, 
you don't know who's singing it. It comes in right. during the ball while they're dancing. Yes. So if that's another reason why it doesn't really count. Yes. Uh, a Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes is literally the opening song the first time you see Cinderella yes. waking up. Yes. It's like I said, it's like... It's, it's your so, introduction to her. It's Immediately, character. here I am waking up, here I am, here's what I... Here's me singing my want song. And here's the thing is, they made these movies a little differently than they would now, and thus, Cinderella's character does not really change at all through this movie. There's no movement really on her. It is the world around her that changes to basically please her needs. And you know what? It's fine. Whatever. This is not, this is, we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about the music. So yeah, from the jump, this is who this character is. This song encapsulates what Cinderella is. She has big dreams of being like taken away from her life to be a princess. And she wishes it every morning. And hey, one day it could happen. And this movie tells you the story of the time that it happened. <laughs> So we're going with Bippity Boppity Boo, right? Ha ha ha, no. <laughs> yeah, this is that's my vote at least is Dream is Wish Your Heart Makes. It's the Cinderella Eist song in a movie full of Cinderella E songs. Uh I I think it's also being pumped throughout the Disney parks, especially oh, yeah. in Fantasyland. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All these so far have are that we've talked about are Fantasyland staples. All right. So a dream is a wish your heart makes. Cinderella. Yes. Moving on. All right. All right. Next in the Disney catalog, Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Alice in Wonderland is a weird one. Um, it has it, a variety it, of songs. It's got a variety of songs. It's also got a variety of tones. It's a weird-ass movie. It put it out at a weird-ass time. It's a movie where if you said to somebody, yeah, this came out in the 1950s, they may or may not believe you. But it did. It later has a reputation for being more associated with the 60s, though, thanks to uh, re-releases in which it was associated with drug culture. Of course, this also has effect on the music as well. Um, a lot of people do associate some of the weirder moments uh, in the score with kind of drug trippy shit. That will be a recurring theme for other movies that we'll talk about here as well. Um, but yeah, um, as I mean, it also song, doesn't help that uh, Jefferson Airplane came out with the song White Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, it's important to note that, yes, this the, the, is based on Lewis Carroll work that does, does predate all of this. So the Disney movie is only a piece of the Alice and the Wonderland puzzle here. That being said, um, what are the songs we're looking at today? Uh, we're looking at three songs, specifically. Yeah. The White Rabbit song, I'm Late. I'm late for a very important date. <laughs> uh, the Painting the Roses Red yeah. song that happens towards the end of the film. And the song that introduces a colorful cast, a colorful, colorful duo of characters in the Unbirthday song. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of, happy Unbirthday. I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> a very merry Unbirthday to you. And you as well, turns out. Anyway, um, you know, we, if we were, depending on the day we recorded, I actually might not be on my own birthday <laughs> this, this month, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, so what uh, sh- out of the three, what shouts at you first? I have uh, my initial answer, but... Uh, well, all three of these shout out at me. Okay. Because I'm late. It's the White Rabbit song. It's the first song of the film. Yeah. It's the one that 
sends the whole thing on its on its very merry way. Yeah, she sees how far the rabbit hole goes. Exactly, quite literally. <laughs> uh, the unbirthday song is a question mark here for me. If it's, I mean, one, it's the most memorable song of the of the whole film, but also it's a showstopper. It literally stops the show. It doesn't move the plot forward. Whereas the other song, Painting the Roses Red, it establishes backstory, it establishes characters, it establishes wants as well of why they're doing this. It moves the story. Okay. Uh, that's good. That's all good. Um, I think my argument, of, like, mostly is that I kind of don't like any of these. Well, like we said, they don't have to play. We just have to choose one. Yeah, you got a good point with Painting the Roses Red. I think it's the only one here that really is like, all right, what's going on in this movie, though? Um, the other two is basically just like, here's what's happening in this scene. Um, the White Rabbit does reoccur throughout the movie, but really, it's really it's not really super important. Uh, I have a soft spot for the Unbirthday song, though. And it's my personal choice, even though I don't really, I can't really back it up very much. And I think it's really all weighed on legacy for me. It's the visual and the song I think of when I think of Alice in Wonderland. And what's doing like 75% of that work is the teacups ride in Disneyland. <laughs> yes. Um, if you take the unbirthday song out, yeah. you kind of take out the whole scene of the Mad, Mad Hatter and Mad Hair. Yeah. And I think or March Hare. Yeah, I think that the visual of the Mad Hatter and that tea party is so remnant. Like, is that movie? It's the iconic people. scene of well, one of the iconic scenes of yeah of a uh, also Wonderland. The other one being with the Queen of Hearts, right? Which yeah. is why painting the roses red is here. Yeah, so I think that painting the roses red might be the better song. But man, every time I think of this movie. I think of waiting in line at Disneyland for that teacups ride and hearing the instrumental version of the unbirthday song over and over and over again. And you know what? Not really ever getting tired of it. <laughs> but this is a real, your mileage may vary, I think. I think that there's no definitive answer here. I think you're right in that there's more happening story-wise with Painting the Roses Red. But I would argue that when I think of this movie, it's the unbirthday song for that is that is by definition that movie for me. I don't know. I mean, how often do you get lyrics with that include aquamarine in them? <laughs> not enough. Not blue, not green, not aquamarine. <laughs> not enough is my answer to that question <laughs> and that is a lyric straight out of Painting the Roses Red yeah no wrong I'm willing, I'm willing to give this to you even though I think it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> the unbirthday song is like six lines and three yeah. of them are questions yeah you're right and honestly I do not think it has a chance in hell on this bracket 
So fought it there for the nostalgia factor. Yeah, honestly, I don't think any of these songs do, but we have to choose one. So yes, I'll give it to you. So let's give it to Painting the Roses. All right. It actually moves the plot forward here. Yes, it does. All right. Not wrong. Speaking of, let's move our plot forward here as we get to Peter Pan. And there's a my rate of songs here that we're going to leave off the list for specific reasons. Yeah, there's some, again, baggage uh, that we don't, we're not really going to discuss here yep. with Peter Pan. But it's fine because those are not the strongest songs anyway. Yes, um, because the strongest song is obviously A Pirate's Life. Well, we'll get there. As, we'll, have that, we'll have that conversation. Yep. Uh, there's also Following the Leader, The Lullaby, Your Mother and Mine. But can we just be frank and just skip all the back and forth and just give it to you can fly because <laughs> it is you can fly even though the bulk of that song is non-diegetic it does begin yeah. with um a sprinkle of pixie dust which oh. is that film which is that legacy oh yeah 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 i mean you're you're 100 right it's you can fly it's the visual everybody knows that sequence um it's the basis for the ride in disneyland it is the it is also the association. It's also kind of the triple down. It's back to the Disney um, ethos, right? It's the lesson. The, the magic of this movie is like, hey, flying. It's pretty cool, huh? Humans can't do it. But what if they could? What if this guy comes in, sprinkles some dust on kid. you? and tells He's a you, kid. He doesn't kid, grow up. Kid. That's right. Comes in and sprinkles dust on you and is like, hey, you can fly. Did you know? Like with this stuff? You can fly if you believe. It goes hand in hand with the wishing and and the messages of dreams. It's the same thing. Is if you believe in yourself, you can do it. Like it's very much core to the belief of this movie and core to Disney as a whole and what these movies are trying to do. I, however, just to humor you and to to establish this, we obviously shouldn't dismiss a pirate's life. It's its legacy is also very easy to see. It's had legs beyond anybody, what anybody would think, um, being reused in different um, contexts over and over again. Um, I think there's probably a generation that doesn't even know it's from Peter Pan. No, but it, I mean, it does have its own ride for it. <laughs> That's the thing. Is I, I would bet so many, some of the younger kids are probably like, oh yeah, Pirates Caribbean made that up. And so, yeah, it is neat to, to, to point that out. But what I will say, you can fly. You're right, 100%, that it's the one here. It is definitely the, the, the song. It is Peter Pan in a nutshell. No, this is Peter Pan in a nutshell. Help me, Tinkerbell. I'm in a nutshell. How'd I get in here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving right. on. Moving on to <laughs> Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> so do we have to mention the Siamese Cat song? Uh, we well, we just did so. Okay, and that's all we're going to mention of it then. Yeah, so yeah, Lady Tramp, not known for its songs really, uh, but there is a song that is known. It is known for. Yep, he's a tramp. <laughs> no, nope. but it or not, I love him. The sultry not, song. Yeah, believe it or not, that's not the one. It's interesting to note, though, in the same way uh, uh, that I mentioned. Uh, so this is love for Cinderella. He's a tramp is also extremely contemporary uh, for the release of Lady and the Tramp. That being said, none of that holds a candle, just like a candle at dinner, 
to Bella Note, which is, of course, the song anybody thinks about when they think of Ladies Lady of the Tramp, specifically the scene that everybody remembers from Lady of the Tramp. It's so good, they put it on the cover. Yeah, when they're eating that gosh dang spaghetti, when they're eating the skit, everybody remembers that because they do a little doggy kissy and the guy is playing Bella Note. Also, it's super catchy. It's a fun, catchy song. It's memorable. There's a visual that goes with it. It has the legacy. Um, it's in the parks. Like It's used. And just that scene has been parodied so many times in so many different things. It's so the song. It's that. This yeah. is the song. The so beautiful the song. song. Yes. And it's called A Bella Note. Yes. So yeah, that's the winner. All right. Easy. Done. Moving on. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Sleeping Beauty does have a song in it. Yeah, this is a weird one. It's important note. Sleeping Beauty. Big. Another one of those big comeback moments for Disney. It was trying. They were trying to prove they could still kill it in the late 50s and probably put their most artistry they ever did in one film in this thing. But is it a musical? The answer is no. And I say that because it's only really got one song. And the one song it does have is technically an adaptation of an existing work. I don't want to break anybody's brain here. It's not original. The lyrics, however, are. So I guess for our purposes, we're going to treat it as an original song. Um, And of course, that song is Once Upon a Tree. Well, I knew this. I, (laughs) I thought of it. Mm-hmm. Once upon a dream. Yeah, I think it's the default winner because it's the only real song in the film that counts. And so, yeah. Also, it's a classic, and that dance scene is what this movie is a lot of for a lot of people. Well, that and fighting a giant dragon. But yeah, but he's not singing while fighting the giant dragon. Which, if he was, that, that would totally win. Yeah, that would that would totally that <laughs> would totally win. But yeah, no, this is the that's the song. The no no argument here. Yep. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, where magic is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the tenth film that we have written down here. Yes, only three more left. Yes. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, this one, another one where it's like, not quite a musical. This was Disney uh, flexing its modern storytelling muscle for the first time in an animated film well maybe beyond lady of the tramp um where it was basically just like yeah this is happening now um it's the 60s get used to it and thus the music in it is not necessarily in musical style uh in fact the song that everybody knows isn't even is diegetic because it is literally the character's job to write it (laughs) (laughs) yes but let's let's talk about the other two songs in the film K9 Crunchy's good to eat. K9 Crunchy's good, baby. I say that this does not count. It is a ditty. It's it a catchy ditty. Doesn't count. It's short and it doesn't do anything with the story. It's literally in a commercial. Yes. Uh, second one is the ending song, Dalmatian Plantation. Uh, you know what? I don't like it. Because <laughs> so I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't it's the ending it's song. It says everything's going to be happy. They're going to have a Dalmatian Plantation. Well, all them. 101 Dalmatians. Well, good for them, but that is not important because there's one clear winner here. There's only one song people think of when they think of Dalmatians. Like, period. Not even just this movie, just the, the breed of dog. 
And it's Corella DeVille. It yes, has, our first villain song on yes, the list here. It withstands time. It has such a big legacy. It is the reason why this film has remained in the public consciousness for as long as it has. Uh, I think that, yeah, it, it has had a life beyond it. The popularity of this song and the character it's about has, of course, spawned a recent spin-off film. It's incredibly important. When you think of Disney villains, songs this is the one and yeah that's yes. the song from one or one down now even though the villain doesn't actually sing this song <laughs> it is song no. sung about them it's about them but it's cruella de vil yes and it's catchy it's catchy i mean it does give you a sudden chill <laughs> All right, let's get for to, we have to uh, we have to sweep under the rug here. So let's get to it. Oh, okay, yes, let's sweep fast for the sword in the stone. Uh, technically, I, there are songs in here. Yeah, I groan because there are technically songs in here. This is a musical, but man, does anybody care? Um, this is one of those weird redheaded stepchild uh, situations when you talk about Disney Disney films. It's like, yeah, it happened. But does anybody like this movie? I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, you can list the songs, but I'll tell you right now, I don't know any of these. Figitus Figitus, which is when Merlin is dancing and putting everything into his suitcase. That's what makes the world go round. The sex song. <laughs> yes, the sex song. The I'm gonna bang you because I'm a squirrel song. Yeah. And the most a most befuddling thing. So yeah, like I said, I don't know any of these songs. So honestly, you could flip a three-sided coin <laughs> and I wouldn't care. I mean, technically though, there's a Madame Mim ditty, right. but it's a ditty. It <laughs> she sings like a verse to introduce herself and that's it. Right. So oh. I mean, if we don't have bippity boppity boo, we at least need to have Higgitus Figitus. We need to have some nonsense in here. <laughs> All right. So let's just give it to the nonsense song. Nonsense watched, songs. <laughs> yeah, nonsense song. It's not going to last in the bracket. We already know this. But we got to get to the last one here because just like yeah. Cinderella, this one is a killer. All right. We have to decide for the last song of this bracket, this side of the bracket. The Jungle Book. Yes, yeah. that Jungle Book. And yes, we're going to be talking about those songs. Yeah, so The Jungle Book is interesting because one is notable for being the last of the Disney animated canon that Walt actually helped with before his death. Um, it's also notable for being very much about music and having music as a focal point in a way that it hadn't been for a while. Um, it very much pulls in uh, jazz as a huge inspiration um so yeah what are the songs here we have that's what friends are for which is the vulture song right my own home which is um singing at the lake um trust in me by Ka, right the snake and then the two heavy hitters yes i want to be like you yes with baggage and the bare necessities with yeah. legacy. 
What are your what are your first thoughts about let's just say those two because it's going to be one of them. I know we already know it's going to be one of them, but we do need to mention the other ones because they did occur during the film. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. Happen. Even though they occurred, they're not the ones people remember. It's the other two, the bare necessities, and I want to be like you. Right. Which both of them, funny enough, move the plot forward. They do. It's they true. both have very dynamic animation, and yes. they both stand the test of time. I know. I kind of want to put both of these in here and kick out Higginus Figginus, but we can't do that. Yeah, I wish we could, <laughs> but only one song can represent the Jungle Book. This is really hard because I think it ultimately, be, these two are so strong that ultimately becomes comes down to personal choice. Um, where I'm at with this, I have a lot more like familiarity and like, um, I don't know. I'm missing the word, but like I nostalgia. To, yeah, I guess attachment. You don't want to say it, but you want to say you want to say it. Attachment to the bare necessities, and the reasoning for that is is that one of the song. So my choir in high school used to do a Disneyland trip every year um, that involved us performing at the uh, the old pavilion there, and um, we performed a medley of Disney songs. And one part of the medley was somebody would have the bare necessities as a solo. And uh, one of my really good friends had it for like three years in a row. And then when he graduated, I kind of took the torch and did it. Over from them. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very nostalgic for me. You're right. And it's very, I have some emotional attachment to it. However, I want to be like you as jam. I get why people like it. It's jazzy as all get out. Um, you mentioned that maybe it has a little bit of baggage. I will maybe push back against that a tad bit. Yes, it very clearly is a style and is very clearly a Louis Armstrong impression. I'm not arguing that it's not. That being said, it's fine. I don't know. It's not. It's a fun song. It's not as bad as some of the interpretations that they did with around ascribing race to animals elsewhere in this list <laughs> um and i think it still works yeah, but so that's kind of where i'm at with them i think that yes i want to be like you technically probably a better song and a moment in the movie the bare necessities however it's also a really good catchy song it's got some fun lyric gymnastics in it i especially like the bit uh don't pick the pair of the, the prickly paw off. You when you pick the pair, the pair and try and use, use the, the claw. Yeah, it's classic. It's great. There's some really great. There's also, like you said, a lot of great visual moments in both, like just like Baloo lounging around, going down the, 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 the river on his back. Like it's just very great. Some really great moments in both of these. I personally think I would go with bare necessities here, but it's by a very slim margin. If you at home are trying to argue against it, <laughs> I pose this question. Both these songs are in front of you. You have to sing one for karaoke. Yeah. Which one do you sing? The That's answer, cool. nine times out of ten, will always be the bare necessities. Yeah, I think it's memorable. People Because it's the one that you can get people to join in song with. Right. That's true. It is true. So I think by a slim, slim margin, I think it might have to take it. Hey, I'm fine with that. 
And with that, we have brought down our list to 11 songs. I say 11 because we have eliminated Bambi from contention. <laughs> Sorry, Bambi. I mean, technically we can bring it down to 10 because we're going to eliminate Sword in the Stone too, right? That is, I mean, yes, but we'll get there. <laughs> That's the second half of the podcast. We need to keep going on the first half of the podcast here. Move on to our second era here. We move to the Dark Ages, 1970 to 1989. Um, no, we're sticking in this era. Or you want to do two and two? What do you mean? I thought we were doing all of these. <laughs> oh, we're doing all of them. Okay. Yeah, I thought we were doing all of them. Let's all right. Let's, yeah. Because by, right. to- by the end of this podcast, we have to have a bracket. Yes. So we have to do all of them. All right. <laughs> let's do the heavy lifting now and get it out of the way. Yes, let's get it all, all done. So let's move on. All right. Heavy lifting ensues as we go to 1970 <laughs> to 1989, the Aristocats. Yeah, the Aristocats. So um, another, like I said, dark ages here. We get into these films that maybe are remembered by some fondly, but are not the big, huge hits that Disney wanted them to be and not nearly as important to the legacy of the company as those golden era films the aristocrats perfect example of that it's one of those movies that borrows so much visual stuff from movies that preceded it including uh lady of the tramp and uh, 101 dalmatians that sometimes people conflate all three of those movies into one (laughs) (laughs) but the aristocrats has one feather in its cap and we'll get there but what are the songs we're talking about here we have the main title of the song, Aristocats, mm-hmm. which is where it opens. We have scales and arpeggios. <laughs> Thomas O'Malley. O'Malley, the alley cat. Yes. And the very jazz-influenced song, mm-hmm. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. So what, uh, what meows at you right away? I mean, basically, what doesn't hiss back at me? (laughs) Yes. And that is the last one. Everybody wants to Uh be a cat. Yeah. Are you trying to not pick this one? (laughs) I mean, yes, it's the obvious choice. Does it really do anything with the story? No. So being a little bit uh, outside of our rules here. Yes. But I think it has the legacy. It has the association. It's the one everybody thinks of when they think of this movie, like it or not. Now, what about some of the visuals of that song? You can immediately see cats around a piano. Like, that's immediately what my brain does. And playing the upright bass and shit. Like, it's very clear. The visuals are very clear. Um... So yeah, not to discount the other songs here, but yeah, I think you're right. It has to be everybody wants to be a cat. If it wasn't, people would be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, it'd be that we're putting Thomas O'Malley the alley cat in there. Right, which we're not. So Which we're not? <laughs> we're not. All right. <laughs> everybody does indeed still want to be a cat, turns out. It is the <laughs> one that kind of makes that movie. Yeah. It's the one you think about. Moving on. All right. To Robin Hood. Ah, yes, the movie that launched a billion furries. Yes. <laughs> right, uh, so... Robin Hood, yes. Um, of course, this one has the uh, the legacy of being 
so much of a rush job that it uses a lot of borrowed frames from the Jungle Book. Um, definitely not the strongest in the Disney canon. Um, if you ever find those videos that say Disney reused animation, yeah. this is the one they always point to that say, see, they reused <laughs> here, 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 and here. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. And so, yeah, not the strongest movie. And also not the strongest score, to be honest. Uh, not a whole lot of songs to choose from here. Not that wonderful of a musical, all things said. What are the songs here? We have Uda Lali. Yeah. Love. And not in Nottingham. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. That is there's... quite a a list to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. There's only one of these that I even know and can actually like come to that it comes to mind and it's not the last two nope it's the one that was been used in commercials used yeah. in the park the one that represents friendship yeah robin hood it's, and little john running through the forest right it's pretty contemporary it's very 1970s it's very of its time uh is it good probably not but it exists and it it, it means robin hood to a lot of people so out of the songs it's the one is it going to have a chance in hell at this flat bracket? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it exists. So we but it exists. All right. So let's move on to our next one. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. And yes, the many songs yeah. of Winnie the Pooh. This starting, one's fun. Starting with Rumbly in My Tumbly. The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers. And Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah, it's sad. Unfortunately, we can't include the theme song here, as is probably the the the, uh, the strongest, because it does technically predate the film. Uh, that being said, it's also uh, non-diegetic, except for right. when Pooh goes poo. Yeah, if that's how we want to count a lyric. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, what shouts at you here? Because I think I have my answer here. Um, I'm between. The wonderful thing about Tiggers and Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah. Because Heffalumps and Woozles is something that comes to mind. If you hear that, you immediately think Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And also you, you immediately think, holy shit, that was that's gotta scare some kids. Mm-hmm. That sequence is memorable because of how just weird and wild it is and how colorful and inventive it is. Um, yeah, it it's takes memorable. the pink elephant song from Dumbo right. and turns it up to 11. Yeah, if it wasn't already up there already. Seriously. <laughs> but, the, but the only thing I have to say about it is as a song and not a visual experience, I don't think it's as strong. I think the wonderful thing about Tiggers is fun. It's catchy. It's got some great lyrics. It's got, it also has a really good visual accompaniment. But also, and most importantly, it is all you need to know about the character of Tigger. Yes, but this movie isn't called The Many Adventures of Tigger. No, it's not, but it's so important to establishing that character at, going forward, in the Dis- at least in the Disney canon of what Winnie the Pooh would become. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's, it's cool to look at. I think it's memorable. I think it's the moment, the sequence in this film Heffalumps and Woozles is fun, but it, as a song, it's not as memorable. I can't hum it to you right now, but I can definitely hum you the wonderful thing about Tiggers. Because Tiggers are a wonderful thing. Yeah. Their bonds are made out of rubbers. Uh-huh. Tails are made out of springs. Yeah. 
Not rubbers. I think it's just rubber. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think his bottom is made out of rubbers. I think that would be a different movie. <laughs> right? uh, a different mini adventures. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the next movie we need to sweep tidily under the rug. Oh, yes. Much in the <laughs> same vein of uh, the sword in the stone. Yeah. So, too, must we quickly see, sweep under the rug The Rescuers, not because yeah. it's a bad film, but because there are two songs in it. It's not really a musical. This is Disney again returning to kind of a contemporary story. And thus so, it's not really inventive enough of a world for there to be characters breaking out in song all the time. Just like uh, 101 of Dalmatians, one of these songs is technically a jingle. Um, No, it's a Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's an in-universe reason for the characters to sing. I mean, it's a ditty. It's two stanzas. Yeah. Whereas the um, other song, Tomorrow is Another Day, is the want song from the, well, not even the main character, I guess. The third tier character? Penny? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. That's the thing with this movie is it's like, it wants to have both. It wants to be the animal movie, but it also wants to tell a story about this kid. And yeah, probably one of the many, many reasons why Despite the fact they made a theatrical sequel to this movie, the original Rescuers is often forgotten in the canon. So yeah, I don't care is what is my official answer. Is I don't really mind which one wins here uh, because it does really, to me, they don't really fare a chance. Yeah, but at least the Rescue Aid Society actually tells you what they what they do. It does help move the plot along, but there is only one one song in here. I mean, yeah. So I guess we can go with Tomorrow's Another Day just, just to have a song representing the movie. But yeah, it's not. it doesn't have a chance and it's in the final four for the section here. All right. Well, let's continue then to yes. uh, with The Fox and the Hound. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's more than one song in this film. <laughs> yes. I had to teach you that. Yeah, uh, not, yeah. Because the first song is A Lack of Education. <laughs> right. Um, is it a song though? It's kind of more spoken than it is sung, (laughs) but it does count as a song. There is a lot of rhyming and stanzas in it, so it counts. Um, the other one in there, Appreciate the Lady, um, which is sung by the Owl Big Mama, uh, when our fox Todd first meets Vixen, our female (laughs) fox. Yeah. Um, the accounts. Yeah. But. But um, are we just going to like jump to it then? Yeah. But none of these songs are the one song that everybody thinks of when they think the Fox and the Hound. It's technically not diegetic, though. So Most of it is have... not diegetic, but it does begin diegetic. Okay. At least it begins diegetic. It counts. Yes. Best of friends. It's the song you think of, The Fox and the Hound. It's also the mission statement of the movie. It's about friendship. Uh, it doesn't end the way you'd want it to, though. What do you mean? That's how all friendships end. <laughs> oh, no. Being chased down by a bear. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's, it's a weird ass movie with a weird ass score, but at least that song has stood. The test of time, sort of. It's about the innocence of childhood friendships. Yeah, it's, it was Disney's way of saying, hey, welcome to the 80s. 
<laughs> was it? <laughs> but yeah, but we'll get there. All right. Um, our next film. Yes. The Great Mouse Detective. Yes, yeah. there are songs in The Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. Also, I implore you to go back and watch The Great Mouse Detective on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Better than most people give it credit for. I feel like this is one of the more slept-on Disney films. It's pretty good. I want to say it's also the one when you, you ask someone, have you watched all the Disney films? And they say yes. You point to this one and say, yeah. but have you watched this one? Yeah, remember And most of them will Mouse? say no. So yeah, what are the songs in The Great Mouse Detective? We have The World's Greatest Criminal Mind. Yes. The AKA Radigan The Radigan Song. <laughs> uh, Let Me Good to You. And Goodbye So Soon. I, yeah. I think that this is Radigan's time. This is Radigan's moment. This is Radigan's era. <laughs> I mean, unless you can ar- make an argument for the other songs here, I say that the one most memorable moment in this entire movie is the world's worst, most the world's greatest criminal mind. It's it's such a good visual. It's on all the sing along tapes. If there's a reason why it's the one thing people remember from this movie, because it's fun. It's a fun villain song. Yeah, but let me be good to you. Is the little showstopper? It brings in the. Uh... <laughs> The love interest, it says, hey, this is why you're here. I guess. But it's also in like the CD bar scene, so. <laughs> yeah. But is it about Radigan? No. It's just fun. No, but yeah, Radigan. I like, like that. that whole sequence with a bit drunkenness in it, but. Yeah, 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 but it's fun. It's fun. It makes it fun. It's not going to stand a chance uh, against uh, some other stuff, but it's the yeah. fun one. It's the fun one. And then that brings us to the last film in this Dark Ages era, uh, right as they were about to see the light. Yep. The last one, um, Oliver Twist. I'm sorry, nope. Oliver and Company. <laughs> and they brought in some 80s ass tunes yes. for this one. Yes. Um. Including knockoff Billy Joel's. No, real Billy Joel. A uh, real Billy Joel who gave a <laughs> knockoff performance. My bad. <laughs> um, why should I worry? Yes. Perfect isn't easy. Good company, and Streets of Gold. Yeah, Oliver and Company is an interesting one because you can see them start starting to put the pieces together that would eventually form the Disney Renaissance, but they didn't quite hit it the nail on the head. But uh, yeah, it's most memorable for, like I said, having the actual Billy Joel uh, here in full force at his career peak. Um, so yeah, um, I think there's an obvious winner here. But do you want to make an argument for any of the songs? I could, but I know it pale into comparison because, <laughs> um, you know, you pick the one song that talks about the setting you're in. Right. It's kind of a... Eh, homage you could say to the bare necessities yeah in a sense or a presage uh to hakuna matata yep it's kind of both of those things yeah why should i worry it's the billy joliest song on the score 
It's also the, the memorable moment and sequence that people think of when they think of the movie. Is it your lead character? No, but it's an important side character. And it is, you're right. It is establishing that dynamic between them two. And yeah, thematically, it does have a lot in common with the bare necessities as like, I'm the mentor figure. I'm going to tell you how to live your life in the way I do, like a cool dog. So yeah. And it also like walks you around New York City. Yeah. You got hot dogs, you got Central Park, you got the taxi cabs everywhere. Yeah. It's a memorable moment. It takes it takes the, your setting and makes it a character. Right, right, right. Not a whole lot of songs do that. No. So yeah, why should you why should I worry? It's the song here. For sure. All right. So that rounds out the 1970s to the 1989s. Which means Aristocats, I Want to Be a Cat. Yes. Robin Hood, Ula Lali. Yes. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh with The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers. The Rescuers with Tomorrow is Another Day. The Fox and the Hound with Best of Friends. The Great Mouse Detective with The World's Greatest Criminal Mind, The Radigan Song. <laughs> and Oliver Company, Why Should I Worry? Yes. Which brings us to, well, let's just say it. The songs we actually want to talk about. <laughs> you mean the songs we're talking about next time, right? Uh, well, I think said, I thought we were doing this because we only have four more podcasts. So we don't we have to do this today? Yeah, we'll do these ones the next podcast. <laughs> We'll, we'll round out the Renaissance and the CG in the next podcast. Okay. And after that, we'll knock them down to four. Uh-huh. And then we'll round out with one final podcast to determine the six, from those 16 to the end. Because we've been going out this for about an hour now. Yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused. All right. So... <laughs> I assumed that what we were doing here is getting all of them to get one song down and then building our bracket with four from each. And then the other four podcasts were each era in the bracket. Oh, no. See, I originally had it just do one and then knock it down to four. Oh. And then we just kept going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fine. We can do it faster now. (laughs) Yeah, we can do it faster now. (laughs) Anyway, so, okay. So, all right. Well, I guess, should we do four, bring them down to four first of of the ones that we've done so far then and just call it a day then? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So let's go back to the golden era here, uh, the first segment and narrow these 11 films down to four, four songs. So here's what we've got on the docket. We have Snow White's Someday My Prince Will Come. We have Pinocchio's When You Wish Upon a Star. We have Dumbo's Baby Mine, Cinderella's A Dream Is a Wish Your Heart Makes, Alice in Wonderland's Painting the Roses Red, Peter Pan's You Can Fly, Lady and the Tramp's Bella Note. Sleeping Beauties, Once Upon a Dream, 
101 Dalmatians, Cruella de Vil, The Sword and the Stones, Higgitus Figgitus, and The Jungle Books, Trust, or, wow, The Bare Necessities. Those are your <laughs> 11, 11 songs. All right, so let's start knocking some of these down. Yeah. So what can we safely eliminate first? Higgitus Figgitus. <laughs> All right, Higgitus Figgitus. Eliminate it. Eliminate it. Um, I okay. So let's take turns um, nominating. Eliminating the roses red. Yeah, eliminated. Let's eliminate that. I agree. All right. So I'm going to say, and this is going to be painful. I'm going to eliminate Bella Note because it's not a strong enough song. It's fun. It's memorable, but it's not story important enough to count. Well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to eliminate Baby Mine. Oh, no! For the exact same reason. Damn, that's brutal. Brutal cut. All right, so how many do we have left? We have one, two, three, three four, five, six, four, seven. Five, six, seven. So we need to eliminate three more. Yep. Uh, I think that next to go is Once Upon a Dream. And the reason why I'm eliminating For Sleeping it, Beauty. Yes, I'm eliminating it because, uh, it, like I said, it is technically based on existing material and it doesn't really move the story ahead. It's your want song. It's your only song. Yeah, it's your only song also. Also, yeah, it's not really a musical. All right, so... Are you eliminating it? Oof, I don't know. It's getting hard now, huh? It's, now it's getting hard, but we're going to eliminate. Yeah. So I am between Cinderella's A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes and Peter Pan's You Can Fly. Okay. And I think you may want to also... Oh, okay, so instead of what we would eliminate, let's work reverse here, because we're kind of like at a standstill. Uh-huh. What's going to move forward? Because we need four to move forward. I think, I think there's two that we can immediately push forward. Yeah. I think When You Wish Upon a Star is a lock. I think there's no way that's not on this bracket. Uh, I feel... Equally as strongly towards, hmm. I think also, hmm, yeah, yeah, you might yes, be right. you know I'm the right. Necessities is, the bare necessities, necessities definitely has some legs. Um, which brings us down to someday my prince will come. Dream is a wish your heart makes. You can fly in Cruella de Vil, and we have to eliminate two of those. Yep, we need to keep two and eliminate two. I think out of the two, uh, well, you, it's your turn to eliminate or to do something. So. To do something? Okay. Um, let's see here. I want to, maybe against my better judgment, <laughs> but I want to keep Cruella de Vil because it is the villain yeah. song. No, I agree. It is. You. The one song from 101 Dalmatians where you can say 101 Dalmatians, Cruella de Vil, or reversely, Cruella de Vil, 101 Dalmatians. They go hand in hand. It can go either way. Yes. And they are, that that is the connection I'm looking for. Also, as we mentioned, Legacy. They literally did a movie about Cruella de Vil. Yes. No, I agree with you. I think that there is. There's a lot to be said. This the template that this establishes for the villain song in Disney films. Um, so we have to select <laughs> one out of these three last songs, and you're making me do it. Uh, no, not really. I know it's I know it's not that serious. 
I say, you know what? Let's eliminate someday my principal gun. Oof. Because I think it out Snow White. It's the song from Snow White, but is Snow White that great of a of like a of songs to select? I don't know. And I think that we can eliminate it pretty safely, which brings us between Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes and You Can Fly. Um, this is tough. Both are very Disney-ass songs. They are very uh, evocative of the films that they both are in. Um, they're both the basis of a lot of like, the, yeah, they're both the light motifs through both of those films. So I think that this is tough. I'm going to go, my gut says a dream is a wish your heart makes. Well, because my gut says you can fly. Oh, no, our guts. Damn it, guts. Okay, so based on our ruling, based on the rules that we've arbitrarily decided, the bulk of you can fly is non-diegetic. Right. Does that eliminate it? Uh, I don't think it eliminates it, but it definitely makes it the less appealing choice. Right. So that does give a little bit of an advantage to a dream as a wish your heart piece. But nothing happens in a dream as you wish your heart makes. It's just Cinderella getting like waking up and singing to the animals. And you know what? You could say the same thing about when you wish upon a star. <laughs> the only song on this four that we have that does a lot of movement and visual stuff is The Bare Necessities. So you can make this, yeah, there's not a whole lot of argument there, I think you have there. So I say that a dream as you wish your heart makes makes sense here. I think it is the fourth song. Uh, <laughs> I don't want you to be right. <laughs> I'm right, you know it. And yet, <laughs> I'm marking it as such. All right. <laughs> so, Pinocchio, Cinderella, 101 Dalmatians, and The Jungle Book. Or more specifically, the songs. Yeah, more specifically, uh, the when songs. You wish upon a star, a dream is a wish your heart makes, Cruella Deville, and the bare necessities. Move on into the bracket as they will and right should. But now we move on. You got to pick four out of these songs because <laughs> there's fewer. It's much easier just to pick the four strongest ones. Um, I think that the first lock here is... Uh, blah, 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 blah. First lock is... Uh, hmm. I really like the wonderful thing about Tiggers. I think it's a lock. It's just fun, and it's fun. And it's got great lyrics, and it's that character. Okay, what's your lock? Oh, I lose you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're back. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that is my lock. All right. Well, what else is there? All right. Um, <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I'm going to just eliminate tomorrow's another day. <laughs> That's my move. <laughs> this is why I'm not even bothering with eliminations because there's so few. Yes, there's so lock. few. Because uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm going to go with Everybody Wants to Be a Cat because that is a lock. That is a jam. That's a banger. Yeah. That yeah. is that song. That I mean, if you don't have that, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat is kind of a boring movie. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think you're right. Uh, and with that said, 
I'm going to lock the world's greatest criminal mind because just like Cruella DeVille, it's a really good, fun villain song. Wait, you're going to lock it? You're going to move it on? Yes. Ooh. That's my move. So we need one more song out of the last three that are left. Oodalali, Best of Friends, and Why Should I Worry? I was not expecting that. Nah, going in. Going in hard. You're going in hard on the Radigan song. Yeah, I like the Radigan song. All right. Uh, see, I thought we'd go with Udalali and Best of Friends. Udalali sucks. I'm going to say it right here. <laughs> Udalali sucks. Also, Best of Friends sucks. So you're so you're pulling for Billy Joel here. Not really. If it's less, <laughs> to me, it's lesser three evils, honestly. That being said, don't let me influence you. If you want to lock one of those, I understand. There's an argument that can be made about both those those songs, especially Best of Friends. I almost felt best friends over. Why should I worry until I remembered the song? And I was like, actually, um, but, actually. <laughs> but, but I get the argument that it's more reminiscent of the movie and that very, very few people remember. Why should I worry? So I think, well, because very, very few people also saw Oliver and company. Yeah. If you want to make an argument for best of friends, I will, I will hear it is what I'm saying. Okay, so here's my split. Is that Udalali and Best of Friends, are they the same song? Kind just of. in two different <laughs> uh, stanzas. I think this is where we're maybe landing here, is that they are very similar. They're the same song, so do they split the vote? Man, I don't know if they split the vote. I mean, they're technically the, the same song. Because one's yeah. talking about Lil John, uh, Robin Hood and Lil John. The other one's yeah. talking about when you're the best of friends. Yeah, and aren't they, the aren't they the same thing? Yeah, you can see that the, the story team at Disney at the time was kind of wrapped up in the same idea, and they just kind of reused it. Like, this is a story about two friends! And here's a little song about two friends. Right. So, there's the I think the strong argument for Why Should I Worry is it's not just that. It is, like we said before, in the bare necessities kind of DNA of, like, I'm your tutor like character. I'm going to show you around town. You should act like me because I've got it figured out. When, of course, the lesson ends up being more complicated than that. Yeah, but it's the best of friends. And also, I feel like your feelings of, about Billy Joel will also color your Yes, th- yes. I'll also tip your scales. I'm also not very big on Billy Joel, so <laughs> keep that in mind here. But I still think it's stronger than the other two songs because at least it's doing something. At least there's movement in there. Yeah. Whereas Udalali is the opening song, it is setting things up. Yeah. But Best of Friends, I mean, it moves the whole story. Yeah. It's the end of your act one there. Yes, but I just don't, I just don't like listening to it. I think that guy's voice is weird. <laughs> I think that's maybe where a lot of this comes from. <laughs> when you're the best of friends. Uh, worse. <laughs> anyway. Are we not the best of friends? <laughs> We're the best of- yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Just lock something, for, for God's sake. For God's sake, let's end this one. <laughs> so you've eliminated, I want to say for the people who are listening, you have eliminated Oodle Lolly because, yeah, we're not even talking about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so between Best of Friends and Why Should I Worry, what is what is the lock here? Oh, I like them both. Uh, yeah, I guess. 
Well, that goes out in my uh, playlist is the Best of Friends. Yeah. But it's also so slow, though. Right. Whereas Why Should I Worry is very upbeat, very poppy. Saying things are happening in that, that song. You have ooh, 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 yeah. ooh. Things are happening. Yeah. All right, I'm folding here. All right. Why Should I Worry? All right, which makes your four for the Dark Ages era. Everybody wants to be a cat from the Aristocats. The wonderful thing about Tiggers from The Many Adventures in Winnie the Pooh. The World's Greatest Criminal Mind from The Great Mouse Detective. And Why Should I Worry from Oliver and Company. All right. Well, I can't wait until we get to a second half here. So we get to talk about the Renaissance and the CG films. I can't wait till you get to talk about Radigan here, World's Greatest Criminal, <laughs> why it should be here above everything else. <laughs> yes, Radigan time. It's time for Radigan. But you and we and you, the listeners at home, we'll have to wait. We will be back next week for another special March Madness edition of the Beauty Boat Podcast. Like we said, it will be five total podcasts by the end of the month. And by the end, we will crown one song to rule them all. But before that, we got plenty of talking to do. So if you want to hear more of this, you can find us on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you list the podcast, we're there. Just search Media Boat Podcast. You can get every episode of our regular podcast, which goes up on Saturdays, as well as this special March Madness podcast. You'll receive it right in your feed, just as you would the regular show. If you want to see our normal podcast in video form, well, this week we won't be on video um, the week of March uh, 5th, but going forward, we will be back doing video versions of our regular podcasts on Saturday mornings. If you want to see those live, we go live on YouTube. Just search Media Boat Podcast, find our page. Like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that jazz. You can also see an archive of our older shows. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on social media services such as Twitter, where we're at Media Boatcast, Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast. And if you want to email us questions, comments, even feedback about this very bracket based March Madness special, you can do so by emailing us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it for this time. We'll be back next time for another edition where we talk about the songs from the Renaissance and CG periods. So get ready. Basically, upcoming up is going to be a bloodbath. Yes, this is going to be hard. This is going to be the hardest thing we'll have done. Uh, But maybe we'll get some help in deciding some of this. Perhaps we will. And you'll find out that next time. Unless you're listening to us in the future, In which case, you can listen to us right now. All right, bye.